Church family, let's stand together, take your Bible, and go to 1 Timothy chapter 3. We'll read verses 14, 15, 16. Uh, those of you that are here on a regular basis know this is our thematic passage for our year, and the theme is community, and we are seeking to build it, and take it, and be it uh, in our region. 1 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 14, you follow along, read with me out loud, verses 14, 15, and 16. Let's read together now. I am writing these things to you, hoping to come to you before long. But in case I am delayed, I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of the truth. By common confession, Great is the mystery of godliness. He who was revealed in the flesh was vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. Father, I pray that you now would press this text to our hearts, build community at this place we call Olive Baptist Church. Make us one together in Christ and send us unified with a message of hope and the gospel. Lord, I pray for someone in this room lost today. Save them. For those needing a church, add them. And oh, Spirit of God, convict us all that we would walk in unity, having Jesus as our Lord. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you, and be seated, please. Verse 16, by common confession, those two words together, coming from one word in the original uh, Greek text, homo legeo, uh, homo on the front end, one legeo word, that we have one word, one word. That's the common confession. That brings us to the mystery of godliness. And that one word, that one word that causes the people of God to be one, that word is Jesus. That's the word. For he, that's who he's speaking of in this text. He was revealed in the flesh, vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. He, it is Christ. Jesus is that that we revolve around. It is Jesus we come to bow unto. He is the one that makes us one. When you think of community, be it Pensacola, Tallahassee, Jacksonville, Orlando, Miami, or you take smaller hamlets uh, across the region, Mary Esther, take a small town somewhere. Those governments, those communities come together and their purpose is one. It's the care of the people. You take, they have police force and a fire department, emergency medical, libraries, public works, schools, parks, 
Parks and Recreation Division. On and on and on it goes as uh, a city brings all of those pieces uh, together and they are to be one community, one city for one purpose of the common good of the people. Now you don't have to look far read much to know that uh, sometimes uh, police and fire have a hard time getting along with each other. It may have something to do with ego. It may have something to do with budget. But thank God in the church, uh, there are no egos that keep us apart. Uh, nobody thinking, well, our our youth group is taken care of better than the senior adult group. No, we're all in it together. Nobody ever says, well, they treat one better than the other. One says, well, foreign missions or home mission, or the music, or the IT, the Sunday school, the connection group. You see, all of these things come together for community in the church of the living God, and we revolve around one word, and that word is Jesus. It's not pastor, it's not you, it's not music, it's not John. We revolve around one thing. We revolve around the one revealed in the flesh, vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in a world, and taken up in glory. It is Christ and Christ alone. He is the common word that brings community to the church. And so it's that commonality I want us to think about for just a few moments this morning, and then I'm going to ask you to join me in a real different kind of invitation time as we come together being one. We're, we're praying that God would make us community. We'd build community, that we'd take community into the region, the community of Christ. Who is it that Christ is? Well, six things. I want you to see them with me for just a moment. You have them there in front of you. Number one, we see about Jesus, first of all, he was revealed in the flesh, revealed in the flesh. John chapter 1, verse 14 speaks. This is incarnation. This is Christmas. We've just come through. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory. Glory is the only begotten from the Father. And He's full of grace and truth. The glory of God came in Christ, and He's full of grace and truth. Last Sunday, when I made mention uh, of the abortion issue, and thank God for what's going on uh, in the uh, Supreme Court right now and uh, the struggle going through. How are we going to deal with this? In this 50th year of Roe v. Wade, uh, we may see a turn. We're praying that we do. And we stand for life. Thank the Lord for the uh, race for life that was out here uh, yesterday and raising money uh, to help with the sanctity of life and help uh, mothers uh, to keep children and walk forward uh, together. Uh, but in all of that, I, I received a letter this week from a person who attends our church. She said, Pastor, thank you for standing for life, for speaking about it. She said, I was one of those that in years gone by had had that abortion. She said, thank you for holding high the truth and at the same time extending grace. 
that God is a God of love and care. He's full of grace and truth. There is a truth, and we stand for that. Sanctity of life, we talked about it last Sunday. Yet when some of us falter, thank God for grace that reaches around us. He was revealed in the flesh, full of glory and full of grace and truth. Thank God for Jesus. He's our message. It's about Him, not about me, not about you. It's about the one revealed in the flesh. Not as He revealed in the flesh, the Bible said He was vindicated in the Spirit or justified in the Spirit. We find uh, that Jesus, touched by the Spirit of Almighty God, Romans chapter 1. And verse number four said it this way, who was declared the son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ, our Lord. You see, he was raised by the spirit of holiness, that, that God raised him up. And when he came, the Bible tells us that he was tempted in every way, just as we were yet without sin. There was no sin found in the life of Christ. He was vindicated in the Spirit. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18 says, For Christ also died for our sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive, vindicated in, in the Spirit that, that, that God raised him. And spiritually, he came from Spirit. Let me tell you, friend, when you come into this world, you come dead in trespasses and in sin. But when God saves you, He raises you and gives you new life in the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus does that for you if you come running unto Him. We are dead in sin, but then alive in Christ, and we have a new spirit because we are void of the spirit of life when we come into this world, and Jesus then makes us alive. He was revealed in the flesh, vindicated in the spirit. Thirdly, He was seen by angels. You, you just look at the whole life of Christ, you see angels, angels, angels everywhere. At his birth, who made the announcement? Angels. At his baptism, who made the proclamation? Angels. During his ministry, you see it again and again that the angels are, are there. At his death, the angels are there. At his burial, the angels are there. At his resurrection, the angel rolls the stone away and sits on it and proclaims the one you're looking for. He's not here. He's risen from the dead. But not only where, where he, was he seen of angels during his earthly life, he knew angels before incarnation. For angels are created beings, and he knew them by name even before incarnation, and he knows them now as spirits that are ministering spirits, and those angels that looked into the life of Jesus are now dispatched by him. Thank God for the ministry of Jesus where he was revealed in the flesh, vindicating the spirit, and that he was seen by angels. Number four, he was proclaimed among the nations. Amen everywhere around the globe that he would be proclaimed. It's what he told us to do in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. We are to proclaim uh, this name 
And let me tell you, friend, everywhere you go around the world, there's a flag planted today, a flag planted that Christ is being preached. In Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, the Lord said that you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, even to the remotest part of the earth. I got up this morning coming to church. I went, I grabbed my big coat. I was a little chilly. I bought that coat first time I went to Romania. I'd never been as cold in all my life as when I visited in Romania. I preached there. I wore two suits one Sunday morning. Literally, I did. I put on one pair of suit pants. I put on another pair. I put on a jacket, on another jacket and a big coat. And uh, we were preaching. They were having a funeral. And they asked me to preach the funeral. And I said, well, I don't even know the person. They said, well, we'll do the preaching about the earth. You just preach Jesus. They'll be greatly honored. I said, wonderful. Where do we have it? They said, it's outside. I said, outside. I said, it won't take me long. <clears throat> After we finished, we walked one mile to the graveyard. Little oom pop pop band behind us playing all the way, playing gospel songs. We walked a mile. We got to the graveyard, and I said, Listen, I'm trying to be kind here. We buried this gentleman. Uh, he's, but I, I'm riding back. Somebody called me an Uber, all right? Uh, they don't have Uber there, but they found me somebody to get me back. Oh, my goodness, I was. But we planted the flag right there in the frozen tundra. It's there. I talked to the people in Kazakhstan this week. I'm telling you, it's been tough uh, uh, the Kazakhs of late as the Russians are beginning to inch back in and kind of building back the old USSR. There's a lot going on there, Ukraine, different. But that flag is planted for the gospel's sake, right? To go to China, the gospel flag is planted right there. There are many places we need to take the gospel, but hear me, he has been proclaimed among the nations. Every race, every ethnicity, every color, every country, every county, he is an international savior. The gospel is not just for folk around you. The gospel is for the world, the nations of the world, every ethnic people the gospel is for them, and Jesus will relate no matter where you preach him, if you'll preach him according to the word of God. He is proclaimed among the nations, revealed, amen, vindicated, seen, proclaimed. This text says, 50, he's believed on in the world. Amen. He's not just been preached. I'm telling you, people believe in Jesus around the world. Acts chapter 2 and verse 41, the Bible tells us, So then those who had received the word were baptized, and that day they were added about, I'd like to have been at this service. 3,000 people baptized. I've baptized 30, 40, I think 51 time here on a Christmas Eve service. That's a long service. Can you imagine baptizing 3,000 people? Preacher would have to have some help, I think. Multiples. Thank God for the gospel that's been believed on in the world. If you are a Christ follower, you are called to proclaim the gospel. 
Everybody. Everyone under the sound of my voice, if you're saved, you've been called to grow and serve. If you're saved, you've been called to lead others to faith in Christ. And then there are some who have been called to a full-time vocational gospel service, like people on our staff and other pastors in different places. But we've all been called to share the gospel. This past Friday night, we had a wonderful time here. Uh, many men came together and we prayed about various things. One of those things we prayed about was missions. And then we had three of our church planters that uh, had joined us here. And we prayed uh, over these men, uh, one from Vermont, uh, one from Wyoming, and one from Colorado. And we prayed over those uh, gentlemen. And we brought together not only those guys that are called vocationally as pastors, but then we brought men around them to pray over them and lay hands on them. And you see these that are around them, they are called as well to share the gospel. Not just the three preachers that are sitting there, but everyone else around them, they are called as well. Friend, you, if you name the name of Jesus, you are called to be a voice, to be a witness, uh, to be one... Uh, who proclaims the Word of God so that people can believe on Him in the world. It's a great day when people believe on the name of the Lord Jesus. My friend, Johannes, that's there in the middle, the big guy with the big cowboy hat, he's from South Africa. He loves horses. Uh, God called him from South Africa to come here and work with the ranchers up in Wyoming planning a church where there had never been a church in this little town. All it was Mormon country. And God's raising up a church in the middle of that. He preached there this morning. Friend, you thought it's chilly here. You should have been in Cali, Wyoming this morning preaching with him. I guarantee you, it's cold. These church planners go, and I prayed for him. He prayed for me this morning. He sent me a text. I text him back. We do most every Sunday morning. He'll send me a text, Pastor, praying for you, and I'm praying for him. So we ask the favor of God to be on Olive and on that church in Cali, asking the favor of the Lord to be there as we share the gospel in the world. I'm telling you, friends, Jesus being believed on this day. All over the world, people are believing on Jesus today. Saying, yes, Lord, yes, come into my life. I give you my life. He is believed on in the world. And then number last, after he is revealed in the flesh, vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, he's taken up in glory. Take it up in glory. Acts chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, we find uh, that story of the ascension, after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on. The cloud revealed him uh, and received him out of his sight. And there they stood gazing intently into the sky while he was going. Behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. And they were asking, why stand you here? This same Jesus you've seen go, will come. Let me tell you, Jesus was taken up. Listen to me now. He was taken up so he could sit down. Listen. He was taken up. So he can sit down. Right now, he sits at the right hand of the Father. When he had made purifications for sin, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 3, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus was taken up in ascension so he could sit down at the right hand of the Father, and he's praying for you right now. 
Friend, the only way for you to get saved is for Jesus to pray for you. The only way for you to stay saved is for Jesus to pray for you. You're not good enough to get saved. You're not good enough to stay saved. But Jesus, who was taken up, sat down, and there he intercedes for us at the right hand of the Father. Thank God for our blessed Savior who is interceding for us even now. But church, listen to me. There is no one ever been or will be like Jesus. He's one of a kind. He's the only way to heaven. Say, Pastor, that's awful narrow-minded. It's as narrow-minded as the Bible. He, he is the only Savior. There's nobody else qualified to save you. Save Jesus. Mm-hmm. There's no one else who lives forever. Everybody in here is going to die, but let me tell you, Jesus lives forever. Before the world was, he was. When this world's burnt and gone, he will be. He lives forever. There's no one who has come and lived and died and been raised and is coming back again except Jesus. He's coming back again. You best be ready because he's a coming. No one like, and no one can unify the community of believers except Jesus. I can't do it. You can't, but Jesus can. When, when we come around him, we fall on our face. He makes us one together. Fifty years ago, there was a revival. They named it correctly. It's called the Jesus Movement. It was not a Baptist movement. It wasn't even a church movement. It was a move of Jesus. And as Jesus began to move, people began to fall on their face. And God brought together people that loved Jesus. And a fire of God spread. As a junior high boy, a junior in high school the spirit of God touched down I snuck off from home one night and went to the Calera National Guard Armory in Calera, Alabama to a full gospel businessmen's fellowship meeting that I knew my mama wouldn't let me go because it wasn't a Baptist crowd but I got with a buddy and we went down there we got in that room, and they started preaching and singing. I've never been in a meeting like this. One big lady, and big is the operative word here. I'm going to tell you why in a moment. She said, follow me, and she started singing, and we got in what she called the gospel train. And we all got in a long line like a train. We started walking around that National Guard armory singing, shouting. People falling out on the floor. Matter of fact, she fell. 
She fell in the door. Couldn't nobody get out. Couldn't nobody get in. Did I tell you she was a large lady? I, I don't even know what all happened that night. All I know is this. When it was all said and done, I found myself on my face saying, Lord, I will go anywhere. I will do anything. I will give up anybody. I'll give up anything for Jesus. For Jesus. Not for the Baptist church, not for a seminary, not for my church at home. I, Jesus, whatever you want, I want. God changed my life that night. I shared that story this morning, early church. And there was a man that walked down. He said, I've never been here before. He said, I'm in California. This is the first time I've ever been in this church. He said, I was a part of the Jesus movement, Calvary Chapel Church in California. He said, can, can we get together sometime and just talk about what God did in your life? Let me tell you what God did in my life. I said, sure. We'll get together in a few days and just talk about, now listen to me, what God did 50 years ago, we don't need that again. The principles are the same, but what we need is this generation right now coming to Jesus. We need Olive Baptist Church to run to Jesus. We need the Pensacola religious community to run to Jesus. We need anybody that names the name of the Lord. You, you need to run to Jesus and fall on your face and say, Jesus is Lord. It's about Him. He, he is the homo legeo. He is the common word. That's what draws us together, is Jesus. Great music, it's part of it, but that's not what draws us together. Wonderful preaching, hallelujah for it. I've heard good and I've heard bad and I'd rather hear good. But that's not it. What comes, what brings the church together, what causes us to come together is Jesus, 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 Jesus. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead and He is Lord. There's just something about that name. He has a way of drawing us and making the church. Notice what it says in verse 16. A common confession, the mysterion of godliness. You want this church to get godly? Let everybody run to Jesus. You can go to every counselor you want to, you blue in the face, till you run to the Prince of Peace. You, you never, let me tell you, friend, uh, until Jesus becomes Lord of your life, you're going to be a troubling church member. Till Jesus is Lord of all, you, you ain't helping us. Because you'll always kind of get your nose bent out of shape. We're going to ordain deacons here in a few weeks or in a few days. Several years ago, an old illustration came to me, and I've been using it with deacons ever since. And I tell every deacon, you got two hands and two buckets. I've shared this with you again and again. You got one bucket in your right hand, one in your left hand. 
This bucket's full of water. This bucket's full of gasoline. You're going to walk around this church. You're going to find fire. You, know, you need to know which bucket to pour. You find revival. Don't pour water on that. You pour gas on that. You find disgruntlement and difficulty. Don't you pour gas on that. You pour water on that. You got to have wisdom. And friend, the only one give you wisdom is Jesus. He'll speak into your soul. And when revival comes, we need to pour gas on that. We, we need to see it flame. Oh, there, there'll be some uh, wildfire, always is. God will take care of that. He snuff out what doesn't need to be there. Here's the question. Is Jesus the Lord of your life? Is he the Lord of your life? Every grade school kid, I want to ask you, is Jesus the Lord of your life? Every deacon, every mother, every daddy, every college student, is Jesus the Lord of your life? You need to come to Jesus. So here's what we're going to do. I'll preach a little shorter so I can have a little longer invitation. I'm asking everybody to come to Jesus today. Here's what we're going to do. Brother John's going to start playing. and When he plays, he'll just start humming a song. And I'm going to ask every staff member, every preacher, missionary, retired, I want you to lead the way. I want you to come in this altar. And I'm asking everybody that's gathered in this church today to come to the altar and get on your knees. Say, preacher, we want all fit. Yeah, we will. We'll make it fit. You may be down those aisles a little bit. Those of you that are in the wings or in the balcony, you'll need to come. Those of you that are over here in the wings, don't come here. Come, come up here on the platform. Just, just walk by that box right up here, close to the drum set right there. You guys just come. We're going to fill in here. And when you get here, I just want you to get on your knees. Just get on your knees. And I want you to say, Lord Jesus, I go anywhere. I do anything. I give up anybody. I give up anything. I wouldn't be in the center of your will. You say, preacher, I'm not willing to pray that. Then just come get on your knees and fake it. Just come fake it. And see if you can walk out of here not telling Jesus that today. Well, she just said, Lord, I, I need you. You see, the common denominator to revival is just one thing. It's Jesus in you, the hope of glory. It's Jesus, Jesus, more Jesus, more Jesus, and more Jesus. You say, preacher, I've been following him for 50 years. Good. You're going to need more of him in year 51 you've ever needed in your life. So I want us just to get on our knees. So leaders, deacons, pastors, others, I want you to get up and come and run in right now. And you, you'll be here. We're just going to pray for a few minutes. So come. And as soon as these guys are here, then you just make your way. Just stand up. That's all of us. Come on. Under the Lord, we've locked the back doors. Just come and fill this place up. Come pray over here by the harp, anywhere. That's it. Just come. Just come.
We're going to bless God together today. Amen. Run into Jesus. Run into Jesus. Run into Jesus. That's it. Come. Come. When the altar fills up, just fill up the aisles. That'll be good. Amen. Amen. When you get here, you can stand for a moment if you want to or kneel and just say, Lord, I come. I, I, I give all. I give all. Jesus, Lord of all. Lord of all. Be careful coming down the steps. Just make your way there. Fill in. When it gets kind of backed up, just sit down. Sit down. Kneel. However you want to do. That's it. Praise God. Amen. Just come on in. You can fill in those pews. Glory, glory, glory. Now just talk to him when you get here. Just kneel and talk to him. Say, Lord, I give you my all. I give you my all. I give you my all. Those of you that are still coming out of the balcony, you get down, you can just fill in that pews there if you want to. That'll be good. Kind of slide in. Just kneel. Glory to God. Amen. Just talk to him. Just tell him you surrender all unto him today. Bring your life, bring your family, bring our church. Just surrender it all to Jesus. Amen. Father we believe in Jesus today the one who was conceived by the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary the one who suffered under Pontius Pilate who was crucified died and was buried we believe in the Jesus and on the third day he rose again ascended into heaven he's seated at the right hand of the Father He's going to come again to judge the living and the dead, which includes us. Oh, God, help us be ready. Father, we believe in the Holy Spirit and the church. Lord, we believe in the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection. And Lord, we believe in the communion of the saints. We believe in that you make us one together. So, Lord, each of us just right now, we're just telling you we want Jesus to be Lord. Father, for those that are not saved, save them. But for those that are saved, God, bring them to a fresh covenant commitment of the Lordship of Jesus. Jesus, thank you for becoming flesh for living perfect, dying redemptively. And thank you for rising victoriously. And thank you that you've sat down at the right hand of the Father to pray for us right now. Lord Jesus, we love you. 
oh God, if we don't have you, we're never going to make it. Lord, we'll die in the wilderness. We need a fresh touch. I beg you, Spirit of the living God, come on us. Purify us. Help us be Jesus, people. So that we'll walk in the mystery of godliness. Lord, we love you. We bless you. We need you. Lord, we've tried it too many times by ourselves. Lord, feed Olive with fresh manna. Take us into the fields that are white to harvest. And make us a Jesus people. We surrender Olive to you today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And amen.